Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. Travis King. Let's build. Before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, Cruise Control Music, the ultimate audio branding experience. Cruise Control Music creates custom, authentic sounds and music to showcase your brand identity and is a direct reflection of your vision, goals, and values. If you're looking to start or level up your podcast experience, log on to cruisecontrolmusic.com the show, friends. Super excited to have you on. Um, if you wouldn't mind starting off by telling everyone who you are um, and kind of um, a little bit about your background. Hi, Travis. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to talk to you about community and community building. And I, let's see, a little bit about myself. So I've had a long career. I was a media executive for years. I was a president of digital at Time Inc. Um, left media about five years ago to become an angel investor and I invest in startups, predominantly female-founded startups. So I have 20 companies in my portfolio. 18 of them are female-founded. And my most recent project was launching a book called The Myth of the Nice Girl, um, which is a women's leadership book. And it's all about showing up authentically at work and how you don't have to choose between being nice and being strong. And that really the most effective leaders lead with both of those qualities. Um, so the book came out last April and I've been I've been on a book tour, which has been really fun. That's super exciting. And I actually got the the pleasure to have you speak to our um, group here at Meetup and you know was super excited to have you in for that breakfast conversation um, about the book. And so I guess would you mind telling us a little bit about how that Nice Girl Army was formed? Like kind of where did that originate from? Sure. So when I was working on the launch plan for the book, I had a lot of women who I've mentored over the years ask me how they can be helpful to me. And I thought, you know, it'd be so great to bring them together and create a formal community of ambassadors for the book. And I ended up starting, let's see, when the book launched, I think we had about 50, we had about 50 women. And I organized them just really simply over like using a Google group. So that was the way that we all communicated. And initially, really, the idea was that they were going to help me amplify the message, the messaging around the book and do social media and really get behind it. And that over time, that it would really turn into more of a community where we're all supporting each other, You know, whether it's through just sharing recommendations, advice, job opportunities... Um, and that's really what's happened, which that, that's that been the really fun part for me to watch is, you know, we're at about 150 women now, and they're all women that either I know or that have been referred by, you know, by a member of the Nice Girl Army. And to see like what it's kind of turned into, because it's been about a year now, has just been really exciting because I, you know, I feel like it's it's this tribe of women that 
any of the women in the group really feel comfortable reaching out to when they need support, when they need advice, when they're looking for a new job opportunity. And it's also a great way to share. Like if you're, I don't know if you're speaking at a conference and you have a discount that you want to offer to the group. So it's just become this like really great support system for women who are ambitious and driven and also want to show up to work in a really authentic way. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important to um, give women and and especially, you know, like younger women early in their careers that support and kind of like that launch pad to, you know, show that confidence and really, you know, become their best selves at work. So I really, really do love that. Hey, my, my next question actually is still on the topic in terms of how, when you're bringing these women together, like what are some of the things, you know, that you do in this that, or what are some of the things that you do in the Nice for Army um, that like that you kind of want to share that like a story or something great that's happened because of, you know, some of the meetings and gatherings you put together? So one of the things that I do um, that I've actually been doing for a while, even before we launched the Nice Girl Army, but now it's, it's, it's really, I transitioned it into the Nice Girl Army is about once a quarter, um, I do something that I call a mentor circle and I invite 12 to 15 women to join me for breakfast. I'm actually doing one next week on Thursday at the wing in Flatiron, which I think is going to be really fun. And it's 12 women, you know, from the Nice Girl Army. And the way that the meeting works is I usually kick it off by just sharing like some insights or on Thursday, I'm going to be sharing what the three practices are from the book that resonated the most with readers. So I'm going to be sharing that, but then we go around the room and each person introduces themselves and um, states an offer and an ask. So something that they can offer to the group and then an ask that they have something that they they need help with. And what ends up happening at these mentor circles is you know it's interesting like they come for me but they end up leaving with friendships, you know, w- with each other and they continue to support each other beyond that beyond that group meeting. And I have to tell you I, the the reason I first started doing this is because I had so many women reaching out on LinkedIn or through my website that were asking to get together for coffee and I just physically don't have you know, the time um, on my calendar to do all these individual meetings. So I thought, why not, you know, why not bring a group of women together? This is something that I, I've now, you know, I make available to the Nice Girl Army and it's just wonderful. So, so that's, that's one thing. Another thing is when during the book launch period, like during the heavy book launch period, there were so many events and parties that different people were hosting and they were always, every single person in the Nice Girl Army was invited, you know, to attend every single one of those parties. And then actually in March, I'm going to do for the first time an event where I'm inviting everybody to come. Um, And one of the women in the group is actually going to host it at her company's offices. Um, But it'll be the first time that, that, you know, we're doing something where everyone will be invited. And for me, it's, it's just all about using that time to give back to them that did voice coaching with me for my book tour. She's amazing. Casey Clark. I'll probably ask her to come and do like a little 20 minutes on, on executive presence and public speaking. Um, I'll probably have like someone else come and speak, but then I also just want it to be a time for women to just meet each other and get to know each other better. So I'm really excited about that. One story that I'd love to share with you though, that I, I think it was such an awesome opportunity that was created for one of the, the women in the group was when the book launched, Forbes Women asked me if they could host an event for the book. And of course I said, yes. And the way that we, that we organized the event was 
um, it was a panel discussion where I was going to interview three women that have read the book. And I had Tiffany Dufu on the panel, who is an amazing women's advocate, best-selling author, and she just co- actually founded a company called The Crew. I also had Jody Lipper, who was my writing partner on the on the book and has ghostwritten like 20 books. She's incredible. And then for the third spot, I asked Forbes if I could make that available to one of the women in, in the Nice Girl Army. And they said yes. And it was great because I basically put it out to the women. I said, look, there's this amazing opportunity. If you're interested, please send me an email letting me know why, why this is important to you um, and what you would get out of it. And a bunch of women responded. And I ended up picking this young woman who's a college student at USC, Morgan Grimm. I, I picked her because her her email to me was just, it was so thoughtful. And I could tell that this was something that would really mean the world to her and that she would take seriously. And um, so she and her mom flew to New York for this event. And it was such an incredible opportunity for Morgan because Forbes covered the event. Morgan's name ended up being in this article on Forbes.com, which is so cool. She ended up contributing this really interesting like college perspective to the topic, which was fascinating. And she also got to meet some really interesting people that that came, you know, to 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 attend the event. So it was something that just made me so happy because if you think about it, like when does a college student have that kind of an opportunity to sit on a panel that, you know, a large national media publication is hosting and covering? So that was something that just gave me so much joy that I was able to to give her that that opportunity. And I was so proud of her. So proud of her. So I, I just, I love that story. No, that's, that's such an amazing story. And that's super exciting that, you know, that you got the opportunity to do that um, for a member of your community. Um, and I think that's such a great way to kind of segue into um, the next part of the conversation where, you know, I'm very curious, right? Like these beautiful moments, like you just described, seem to happen seamlessly by some miracle force of nature. Okay. And sometimes I, it's, it's, it's tough to like dive into some of the challenges that you face, right, in these communities. Um, so I'm curious uh, what sorts of challenges that you faced so far with the Nice Girl Army, um, whether that be challenges from, you know, males or challenges that, you know, people don't typically discuss. I'm just curious to hear about some of the things you've um, overcome so far. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like when I think about the challenges... Um, one challenge for me as, you know, someone who's running this community is I really wish that I could do more to bring these women together in person. Like, you know, I mentioned these mentor circles that I do, which, you know, they're great, but I do them a few times a year, right? It's like, it's an hour breakfast. For the first time, we are going to bring them all, all together, as I mentioned earlier. But I think just from like a time and energy perspective, I wish personally that I I could do more of that. So that's something that is challenging, right? Because there's nothing like being together in person. There's 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 just nothing like human connection. And I think just generally in in the world right now, we just we're not getting enough of that. You know, everything is virtual, everything is over social media and email and I wish that I could figure out a way to do that. Um I think the other the other challenge that I think through like from time to time is more of a technical one, which is like, is Google Group the right platform 
You know, is that, is it the right platform? Actually, I'd love your thoughts on this because I, I actually surveyed the women in the group a while ago to ask them what their preference. I was, I was looking at Google, Facebook, and Slack. And 60% of the women said that they prefer Google because it's easy. It's, e- you know, it's email. But I do think that there are some benefits of doing it on Facebook just from the standpoint of, I think it's just so much easier if you want to post something to the group and then to see the, the comment thread, you know, and it kind of lives there forever. It's, it's a home, you know, it's like, it's a real home for all of the discussions as opposed to Google where it just, you know, it goes into your, your inbox. It's not easily searchable, even just like going through the, the email thread, not, not as simple. So like, that's just something on, on the technical platform side of things that I think about every once in a while. And and then I, th- I would say, look, the other challenge is just, do I keep it small? Like right now, like I said, it's, it's, it's women that I know or women that have been referred. Um, or do I, do I try to scale this? Is it, a, is it a good thing to scale it? You know, would we have more of an impact because there would just, there would be more women and more opportunities to share and, you know, more women to give advice and, or does it get dilutive? Right. So that, that's another thing that I, I think about is just the size of the group. Because I haven't really made it a priority to grow the group. It just happens very organically right now. So this idea of like, do you just kind of let it continue to grow organically? Or do you say like, I'm going to make this, you know, a much larger group. So I think those are some of the challenges. And I I will tell you, one of the challenges that I've seen in a couple of other Google groups that I've been a part of is I feel like sometimes the conversation, and I don't see this with a nice girl army, by the way, but with some of these other groups, like I feel like the conversation gets very negative. It's like women that are ready to pounce on like a man says something or like they're, 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 they write an article that like that rubs one, one of the women like the wrong way. And it just like turns into this like huge dialogue that like, and by the way, it's really important to be talking about these things. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's not, it's absolutely important to be talking about these things. But when the whole like, when every single conversation is like that, it just starts feeling a little bit like toxic. And, and I really prefer a more kind of like, all right, well, let's, let's go into problem solving mode or let, let's be proactive. Let's be positive. Let's think about how we can fix this, you know, as opposed to just complaining. So that's something that would really worry me if, if the nice girl army ever went into that direction, but I just don't see that happening. It's just very much more of like, we're all going to support each other and be positive and help, you know, and help each other. Right. You know, but all of those challenges makes, they make complete sense. And it's um, super interesting because through a couple of, so two things, one, going back to figuring out a way to kind of scale your presence, if you will, quote unquote, in a way, because I find that in talking with other community builders, they also find similar challenges, right? Like they can't be in the same place 15 times in one day. It's just impossible. I mean, so one of the ways that they've done it is through ambassador programs. So I know that you've, like the Nice Girl Army in and of itself is kind of like this close-knit community. But when there are women, and I'm sure that you have these women in your community who are raising their hand that want to do more and they want to like get to the next level, it's about passing the torch and the baton from you over to those women to kind of be the new future leaders. So I think that's one way. And I think it's kind of really challenging because you're the essentially sole leader of this army. Like you're the originator, you're the OG nice girl. 
And now you're passing it off to someone who's learned from you, who's already who's been there for you know a little over a year, maybe even more in some cases. And so that can be very challenging to deal with, but it can be done. Um, so I think that one thing that potentially could... I like that a lot, Travis. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think it would be very helpful. And it would also take a lot of stress off of your hands. So kind of look at it as like a nice girl army leadership team in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of give some of these, you know, ladies and women a way to step up and kind of give them either more responsibility or give them scenarios that they can work through that kind of touch on topics from your book that they can, you know, teach other women yeah. and then kind of use it. that as a kind of a first round and say, hey, nice girl army. I've realized, that, you know, this is getting to the point to where I want to help and impact more lives, but I just can't do that alone. And so like, I'm looking Mm -hmm. for, you know, one or two women in, you know, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and somewhere else, they can raise their hand and then you can help them facilitate some of the events that you've already done here in New York, and then also help them do that in their local cities and towns. So that's one thought I have on the challenge of kind of scaling yourself and getting to the next level. And then the other one is kind of counterintuitive. Um, one of my last guests, Jason Gaynard, he's the founder of Mastermind Talks. And one of his uh, quotes, it's very interesting, I think very timely, is he has an episode that's called Scaling is Stupid um, because he got <laughs> to the point to where he was like, you know what? Like, it, this doesn't have to be this like $30, $40 million business. Like, this can be a $1 million business and be perfectly fine for my life. And so I think that's a very interesting take on it. And when you're getting at this crossroad of, ah, do I take it to the next level or do I tone it back a little bit? He kind of talks through some of the things that he did to, to come to this moment and realize that, you know, you know what? Like, I kind of just want to keep it to one big three-day event series a year and do these micro events where I see fit throughout the year. And that's good for me. Like, I don't need to go to another level. I love that. And you know what? It's worth knowing too that, if you're going to go to that next level, what are the trade-offs? You know, like it, it's understanding that and making an informed decision because it could be like, this is going to be so much more time and energy. I'm not really going to get that much joy out of it. Um, you know, for a little bit of extra money, kind of feel like it's just not worth it. You really do have to have those honest conversations with your with yourself when you're making those decisions. So I, I definitely need to listen to that that podcast, Travis. Of course. Make sure I do that. Yeah, I'll send it over um, after the episode. What What do you think, just quickly, Like, do you have any thoughts on Google versus Facebook, like Google groups versus Facebook groups? Yeah, I'm actually... In terms of pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually a member of a couple of different community building Facebook groups in particular. And personally, I find those you know, to be the most... Uh, I want to say engaged and effective ways to communicate. Like for example, um, within the Facebook group that I'm in, it's called Community Builders, and you literally get in there and you can see, you know, who recently posted. You can see what they posted. You can see all the comments, and even the Facebook Messenger chat option of you know being able to message 15, 20, 30 people at a time. The polling feature is great. It's like personally, I'm very, you know, happy with how Facebook manages their groups. And as far as Google, I feel like one of the the key things with Google is the fact that like a lot of people use Gmail for their email suites. 
And so like the fact that they're in that area per se, they can just, you know, go to their little tab or their chat right in that window. I feel like that's one big thing that I would kind of look at as a benefit. And then Slack, of course, is just the normal workplace, at least for me. It's where I communicate with my team and different team members and get advice and ask questions. And so for those people who do operate in Slack on a day-to-day basis at a high volume, that would you know be another place. But it, it's tough when you have a community of 150 and then you have three different platforms and then try to get them on the same conversation. Um, so I definitely yeah. can understand... And I think at the end of the day, yeah. it's just down to going to just make making a decision and say, hey, you know, we've realized that for the sake of the group, that Facebook's the best medium or Google's the best medium. And if you feel yeah, otherwise, yeah. mm-hmm, you can go ahead and run your yeah. own little mini group on that platform. Yeah, that makes sense. Total makes sense. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And and one other thing, too, that I just remembered about um, kind of like the autonomy and what you mentioned about sometimes in those other groups that you've either been in or have seen activity of, of how some of the conversations kind of go awry and negative. And it feels like one person then teams up to pounce on one person just for some misinformed comment for something. And one thing that a couple of different communities do is they, they have two, one of two structures. One is kind of like this, you know, sponsorship ish model to where they say, Hey, you know, we're here to support you, but you also have full autonomy to run your group the way that you want. We're just here to support you. So like all of your rules, your guidelines, um, your identity, all that stuff is up to you, but you're still part of our larger, you know, nice girl army family. So they're there. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the groups where you can say, hey, like I'm Fran, I'm the leader. Here's what we're doing in the nice girl army. And then you could also pretty much have a mandated rules. You have different sorts of rituals that you guys follow, different sorts of activities, and you build the culture for that sort of, you know, owned community. So I think if you kind of look at it as like, hmm, do I want the Nice Girl Army to be this owned version of my brand that, you know, I have mostly full control over, you know, with a few exceptions, right? Like let people use their creative, you know, superpowers to their best abilities. Or do you want it to be more of a looser, offhands um, community to where you have say and some control, but not 100% full control, and that's okay with you? So that's those are two different ways I've seen people use that those, those models to kind of um, define their communities. Cool. That's really helpful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. One other thing that I kind of wanted to dive into quickly while we still had a couple of minutes is staying connected throughout the year with your community. And so I'm curious on how you do that. I know you mentioned some of the dinners, some of the uh, meetups and some of the, you know, speaking and panels. Um, Are there any other things that you do to stay connected throughout the year? I mean, I think those are really the big ones. I always, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of speaking for the book and I always love to offer discounts to, um, to the, to the conferences that I speak at. And it's always fun to see like five or six of the, you know, women will show up they'll take pictures, you know, they'll post on social media. Um, but it's like their own little meetup at these conferences that, I, that I'm, I'm speaking at. You know, I really, I, I email, I email them. I would say I probably start an email thread pretty much like every week or like every other week on a certain topic, or maybe it's like a, a column. I read a column for Refinery29. That's a career advice column. I actually also engage them that way. I, I'm always asking them for for things that they're struggling with that I can um, cover in that career career advice column. I love sharing like any kind of 
access that I can get them to products or you know new products, new new businesses, discounts, like anything that I can do, like books. I love doing book giveaways. So yeah, there, there are a bunch of different ways that I would say that I that I engage with them. I love like it just makes me happy. I'm like that person who loves giving gifts, you know, like it just makes me, I get so much joy from it. So anything that I can do to like, to give back um, to this community, I do. It's just such a natural part of it. That's amazing. No, I love that. Awesome. And so now I guess going into the latter part of the show, um, um, would love to hear, you know, what you're up to next, like any exciting projects that you're looking forward to in 2019 or and beyond? Yeah, actually one, one thing that I'm really looking forward to is, um, since I've written the book, I've had a lot of people reach out who are thinking about writing a nonfiction book and they don't know where to get started. And they're asking me for advice. And I just realized like, I really enjoy helping, helping people with that. So my writing partner, Jody Lipper and I are actually launching a workshop in early April where we are going to go through, it's going to be a half a day going to be in person, very intimate, like eight to 10 people. And we're going to take take them through how to write a killer book proposal. Like we're going to go through section by section in terms of what editors are looking for, you know, when they're reading the book proposal. So it's going to be all about how do you write a killer book proposal that will land you a major publishing deal? And then also like how to navigate the whole process. Like how do you find an agent and how, you know, how do you get to a publisher? And so I'm really excited about that. And that's launching in April. And I'm also just doing more because I spoke, as you know, I spoke at so many companies about the book to, you know, normally to their women's networking groups. A lot of those companies are now coming back to me and asking me if I can go in and do a longer, like half day workshop with women um, at their company. So like, that's something that I'm, I'm starting to dabble in. And, you know, I'm also just working really closely with a few of the companies in my portfolio because they're they're at a point where they're kind of ready to exit, you know, they're ready to either be acquired by a company or to have a diff, you know different kind of liquidity event. So I'm sort of helping them sort through that. So a little bit of a portfolio approach, definitely to my to my career, I would say. But there's a lot of fun stuff coming up for sure. That all sounds so exciting. Um, I'm super excited Thank to see you. you know kind of where everything goes, and you know would love to help in any way as well. And I think like a lot of those events and a lot of those things coming up, like your community is going to be so happy to you know have a leader like yourself to just be fortunate enough to have the opportunities to just soak up all the knowledge and lessons and learnings. And so I'm super excited for them as well. Thank you, Travis. I'm so glad you're doing this. I think it's such a great idea. You know, it's, it's, I've done a lot of podcasts over the last year and this is the only one that's, you know, that I've done that's really focused on community and, and, you know, how do you, how do you build a community and best practices around that? So kudos to you for finding a fresh topic. (laughs) Um, And I think a really important topic to, to cover. So it's really been my pleasure to be on and anything I can do to be helpful to you. Just let me know. Thanks so much. That means a lot. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh yeah, don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community. 